Welcome to Newborn to Teen and Everything in Between, the podcast from Bespoke Family. I'm Bex. And I'm Claire. Thanks for joining us as we tackle the ups and downs of life with children, helping you to get the best out of your time together. No rules, no judgment, just guidance. So grab a cuppa and let's get started with today's episode. Hello and welcome to today's podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about parent preference today. So this situation, well, Claire will probably be explain it better from my point of view. Um, it's all about when a child seems to just prefer one of the parents over the other. That's basically it, isn't it, Claire? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we're going to talk about what? Why? What you do? Why and how it... I think we have to touch mm. on how it feels for both parents you know and it it can be I'm just gonna say straight out it 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 may be that it's both parents um if that's your you know family uh, setup but it can also just be that it's a preference over you know if you have extended family that help and there's one person in there that your child spends a lot of time with it can be that they prefer them as well at the time and it's really hard using the word prefer because it means like a child's making a choice and that they're doing it and that they don't like the other parent or the other person it really isn't the case which we'll explore but I think for the purposes of kind of the podcast and just making this easier we are going to talk about preferred Mm -hmm. parent um in that terminology but obviously if that's not your circumstance and you've got something someone else who that kind of dynamic is happening with then just you know we are covering that as well. Does it sometimes happen that somebody else would be the preferred person? Not So let's say, for example, yeah. it was me and Rich and my mum looked after them a lot. So could that preferred person mm-hmm. be my mum, for example? Oh, yeah. Okay. Didn't realise that. Yeah, All absolutely. Right, okay. In that it's just, it's about building relationships. And so if that person, if that child is with that person a huge mm-hmm. amount of time then they're building relationship and so they're working that relationship out so you might find that they're like no I want this person um no I want them to put me to bed no I want them to hand me my plate of food um I want to hold their hand um it can be you know it can be that um I've obviously had it through Mm. nannying um and so sometimes it is that the child is just going through that phase of really wanting me to do everything and not the parent um and that's really quite tough um on both parties but um yeah it can happen dependent on the relationships that your child has and the dynamic in which your child is being raised can depend on who they're taking a preference to so uh, just kind of looking at what what kind of age might this happen um you're typically probably going to find it in your kind of under fives um normally when they can start to articulate or show you um so you can have babies you know as very young kind of indicating that they want to go back to a preferred person so it can be that you can see them you know you hand your baby over so say your mum and you hand over baby to dad and baby's like screams and leans back to come back to you know mum you take it baby stops (laughs) and 
that's really you know it is really tough um and I think this is probably one of the most frequent questions we get asked in you know through social media is how do we deal with this with our one-to-ones it comes up quite a bit as well and I think firstly we probably have to look at the emotional side behind it for the actual adults before we look at it from the child's perspective because ultimately as a parent you just want to you know spend time with your children and you want them to kind of want to spend time with you and the minute your child goes no don't sit there that's where daddy's gonna sit don't come don't don't do bedtime because I want I want mummy to do bedtime and if they you know if you walk into their room and they're like get out get out does that actually Um, happen I just want mummy yep and sometimes it can be very strong and I think it can be very triggering and I think it's hard for the parent who's currently the preferred parent because ultimately you're watching on the whole your partner stood there going I just I I want to give them a cuddle or I want to put them to bed and I can't because they won't let me and so not only is the and the terms preferred parent and non-preferred parent they're so hard to use because it just feels but it is the best way of describing it but that preferred parent is not only dealing with the child and the child's needs but also their partner's needs and going oh this is really awkward because you're smack bang in the middle of you know the two people that you probably love the most and you can see the Mm -hmm. hurt from kind of the rejected parent at the time and then seeing this little one who's kind of saying what they do and don't want and and then I think we can sometimes get into a situation where we're going we want it to happen so we're really pushing it and the problem is when we push anything very often the child goes whoa what what's going on what you mean when you you try and push them towards so you say no I'm not doing bedtime today daddy's doing it or mummy's doing it or whatever or and then we get into a big narrative about how much daddy loves you and that he's really sad and that and we get into a big conversation and we're trying and it's completely natural because we're trying to rectify the situation but for our little ones then they're going why is this such a big deal however but why but why does it happen i mean the first place that's probably almost the first place to start why is it happening so we have to remember our children's emotions are completely all encompassing so i always say uh, they feel their emotions from the tip of their toes to the top of their head so we can you know we've all seen those those moments where they can be laughing one second and then absolutely distraught the next because that emotion just overtakes them and they're learning about their emotions they're learning about how things feel um and what do they get excitement from what do they get joy from what do they get angry about all those things they're still learning that they can't control those 
they're learning about them and you're supporting them through those. But these emotions are all encompassing. And ultimately, some of those emotions are love. And they suddenly go, I just love this person so much that I can't bear the thought of not being with them. Um, I absolutely just, you know, I want them to do everything for me because and it there is an element of our survival instinct coming out there in our little ones you know if we we stick with one person who's going to feed us and care for us and all of those sorts of things it's our survival instinct so that's a big driver but actually they're learning about how they feel and so the amount of love they have for that one person at that time is that they're just working it out they're working out those relationships how do those relationships feel what does what does it look like and we need to remember our children are very egocentric so they're viewing the world from their perspective they they're not able to see the world from another perspective at this point they're learning about it and we can absolutely talk to them about those things and explain but they aren't able to empathize necessarily with how that adult is feeling at the time that's been you know rejected they're just all in completely focused on how they feel and what they're trying to work out and how it feels from their perspective and ultimately if they have this overwhelming feeling of love and affection they're just going to be completely in that at that time. I have to say, it's not just the parent that's being, in inverted commas, rejected. The parent who, I mean, I know being having been the pre- preferred parent, probably because Rich was a bit mm-hmm. like, no, don't prefer me. <laughs> I, I quite like this. You don't want me. No, it's fine. Um, but the, being the yep. preferred parent is pretty tough as well because that is literally not just because of your partner, but basically because you have you you, ba- you don't have any time to yourself. Your child needs no. you, and you, sometimes you just want to go. Can you just put them to bed, or can you just give them a bath? And mm-hmm. they just you can't, yeah. yeah. And that that actually yeah. can be quite yeah. emotionally draining on the other side, can't it? And, and can be incredibly frustrating. Mm, yeah. Because you're there going, I can see that I could have an evening off. Yeah. But I can't. But also, come on, it's your dad or your mum. Mm-hmm. Come on, you, they, mm-hmm. you do love them. I know you do. That, this is ridiculous. As mm-hmm. a, you know, and I know that's like me as a parent talking, but that is how you, <laughs> but that is like as a parent, that's how you it feel. Is. Like, oh, mm-hmm. for goodness sake, this is, but like you say, it's not actually, they're not doing it on purpose they're doing it because they're trying to make sense of what their relationship and you have to kind of also think that this is coming when a child is if we're talking that kind of toddler age up they've got a huge amount of sense of you know independence suddenly they're walking they're talking and suddenly they realize their words have a lot of meaning Mm -hmm. and impact so actually saying no mummy put me in the bath and suddenly mummy puts me in the bath, it's like, oh, that's, that's interesting. And no, mummy put me to bed. Okay, mummy puts me to bed. Or there's a reaction which says, no, daddy will put you to bed. And then you really go, no, go no, 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 I no, want no. you, I want you. And then because mummy does what do I've it. I've said yeah. is I want mummy to put me to bed. So yeah. I want that to happen. 
And I don't understand why it can't happen. Because why can't it happen? Ultimately, in their world, why can't it? Mummy stood there. To be fair, though, why yeah. can't it, actually? If, you, if you're looking yeah. at black and white, mummy yeah. stood there, daddy stood there, I've made a choice. I would like mummy to put me to bed. Suddenly, it's, no, daddy's going to put you to bed. And it's like, why? And so that newfound independence and that new ability to be able to talk about um, what they do and don't want... And actually understanding that everything that they say and request doesn't always happen can then be quite triggering for them. And so, mm-hmm. again, it's it's looking at what they where they are developmentally, I think. Um, I think it's also thinking about if you have a parent who is the main carer all the time and it comes back to my kind of survival instinct, if that person... and that's absolutely you know completely natural and normal to have you know a parent who does most of the you know the time in the lead up to them in their first kind of you know four or five years then ultimately it comes back to that survival of you know what I need to be around this person because they feed me and they do all these things and so again it just sort of comes back to if that person has done everything and then suddenly you know, maybe there's a, a a shift, maybe there's a change in the household. So it might be that the other parent is actually at home more, so can do things. It might be that, you know, since pandemic, you know, more working from home. So it means that actually the other parent can do bath time. And that's kind of changing the dynamic and throwing things out. And so we have to kind of think about those sorts of things as well. So can it happen more at particular times? So, for example, like you just said, if if somebody is perhaps all of a sudden they're around a little bit more, then does the child go a little bit like, oh, what's going yep. on? Or But ultimately any change, isn't it? Whenever we go through change, mm-hmm. whether it be, I don't know, moving house, starting nursery, a new sibling... Um, I actually recently worked with a family and there had been a bit of a, a, a change for the parent. Um, they'd gone through something that was quite unsettling for them. And so they'd had a couple of weeks where they were quite, you know, not themselves probably. And the child seemed to pick up on it um, and was wouldn't leave the parent's side. Aww. And requested, you know, bedtimes, bath times, meal times, everything. Um, and probably at a time where that parent didn't really Needed have enough. Space. Yeah. yeah. And so the other parent was there saying to me, I, I can't do anything. I just cannot do anything. Absolutely flatly refusing to allow me to do a thing. And I need to. And so... But it was interesting that it came around the shift in what this parent was going through and you could see the change in the child who hadn't done it before and had been absolutely happy with either, you know, parent doing bedtimes, all those, not even questioned it. But this slight change, which kind of came about quite suddenly, really did kind of show in that child. And so it can make things quite tricky, you know, so in that instance where 
the particular reason for this is because of a change or they're picking up on a an emotion from the parent mm-hmm. what would you then so what do you what do you do like you said you know the other partner's like I need to do stuff because mm-hmm. this is a really tricky time yep. what do you do because like you said you don't want to necessarily force it because then that no. kind of makes it emotionally difficult for the child but at the same time you kind of need to yeah so it's always about kind of a lot of the things that we talk about is kind of gradual exposure and so it is the minute we force things is the minute they typically become really stressful for everybody and so it's kind of saying let's take an example you know I I want mummy to do bath time and you know, in this particular instance, um, it was about saying, actually, mummy and daddy are both doing bath time tonight. We're both going to sit in the bathroom and we're both going to do it. Um, And then it was, you know, mummy, get me out of the bath. And it's like, oh, actually, you know, mummy's not going to lift you out of the bath, but daddy's going to help you. And, but then mummy's going to do your, you know, wrap you up and do the rest of the bathroom. So it was just a little, a little bit, here and there and then it was you know and that was it then leave it so then mummy goes and does bedtime because that was another request but then a couple of days later it's actually daddy's going to come in and daddy's reading a story with us both tonight and then gradually it's just increasing it and then eventually what we actually ended up doing is mum really needed some time for her and it was like what do you need for you in order to cope with this whole situation and she was like I just want to be able to get in the car and maybe go to the supermarket for half an hour whilst it's bedtime I like I don't want to do every bedtime or I might want to go out for a run or I might want to go to a gym class or whatever it is and so we put that in and we talk and this was a you know a toddler and I encouraged them to speak to their toddler and say mummy's going to the gym tonight but daddy's doing bedtime because we've done this lead up we've done daddy being there we've Mm. gradually moved mum away all those sorts of things and it's just giving that reassurance that and I'll be back later I'll come in I'll give you a kiss okay and and actually you know it takes some practice and it can be tough but it's going it's okay there is no pressure over this but I think it's not forcing it it's just gently doing and I would also say sometimes particularly that bath and bedtime it might be you know that you're fine with it and actually you're happy that it's just one person putting to bed but if you're not then it's that gradual kind of going okay tonight you're gonna do it but you might need to go out because you being downstairs Mm. or in another room and your child knowing that why can't you be here yeah. And actually that's more unsettling of being like, well, mummy's in the other room and I want her, but you're saying I can't have her, but I don't understand because she's in the other and room. And then that's a real battle, isn't it? Yeah, and it's quite confusing mm. because actually I can have, you know, the rest of the day, any other times, whatever, we're going, no, it's fine. <laughs> Come and have cuddles and do all this. And then we pick points of the day that we find and mm. I will say it is typically the end of the day, which, you know. Well, and also because you're tired, they're tired, aren't they? And mm-hmm. they just or the other want one I f- that. Yeah, the other one I typically find is mornings when potentially one parent has to get off to work and the other parent, you know, 
needs to do the childcare drop off or mm. you know those sorts of things and it's a bit rushed i think when we're pressured those point those pinch points become really quite hard to deal with because that's when you typically see someone going look i can't do that right now just let daddy do it or just mm. let mummy do it um yeah and then it becomes a thing. But what are you actually, by doing all these things, what are you actually doing? Like, are, are you trying to help them get in touch with their emotions, trying to help them understand that different people have to do different things? Is that yeah. what you're... It's, a, it's an ex- is that it's you're experience. You're, you're kind of teaching them about how healthy relationships work, that actually we can really love someone and be with someone, but we don't have to be with them all the time or we don't Mm. have to have them do everything for us and that we can love other people and we can have those really strong feelings for other people and I would say here half the time you have this situation and you work on it and everything else and then it flips and the preferred parent suddenly (laughs) becomes the rejected parent and it's like Mm. oh and I've had that where we've worked on kind of balancing yeah. it out. And they're like, yeah, it's all great. And then suddenly they're like, uh, now we've swapped. And it's like, because they're now working out that relationship with that other parent. Mm. And suddenly those feelings have come for that parent that who they've kind of rejected previously at points. And now they're going, oh, actually, I need to look mm. at this relationship and I need to really go all in on this relationship. And so you're... I think it's looking at it that this is this is learning about life and relationships and how relationships work and that actually those feelings are completely natural and normal and that it is about building connections. And so that rejected parent at the time, trying to find something that only they do with your, you know, with the child. So... It becomes their special thing, those building connections. Um, so it might be that they're the one that always takes them for, I don't know, like a baby chino on a Saturday morning or takes them to a, a football club or swimming. And that's what that parent always does. Because then it sort of builds that relationship of going, this is my special thing with this person and this is my special thing with this person. Um, and so that actually it means that the child understands that you can do things with different people and that's all okay and there will be things that you do together it's interesting because we've built that up mm. in our family we've built up that because rich always felt that he did everything with ben because it was mm-hmm. kind of you know football and all the things that ben loved about cars and things like that mm-hmm. and with amy he didn't really have anything not in common with her, but they, you know, they didn't really do stuff together because she didn't do activities that he was particularly engaged with. But now they're kind of teenagers. He goes like yesterday. He went out shopping with her, and mm-hmm. he they kind of go on a day trip to London, and they, you know, they do photos and they go and have treats, funny, and they do like clothes shopping, and you know, they mm-hmm. take funny pictures. And it, like you say, it's about building up what you do with that parent, isn't it? So. Yes. For me, I actually have to try and do more things like taking Ben go-karting because Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily have that relationship with him. So, but that obviously that's now they're older, but it doesn't really stop, does it? You're still, everybody's still working out what their relationship is, even Mm -hmm. into like to teenage stage. Yeah, exactly. They they evolve and they develop. Mm. And 
you know, that's the same as friendships. That's the same yes. as relationships that we all have. Um, and that's what you're teaching them, isn't it? You're teaching yeah. them the basis of what's going to happen over life. Yeah. Yeah. And that actually you have different feelings for different people at different times. And that actually, you know, building those connections can really help all concerned. Um, and they won't come straight away. I think it's that's it can't be forced. And so no. I think it's it's a gradual thing. And it might be that, you know, it takes a little bit of time to find out what that is. But I think it's, you know, building those connections can really enhance those relationships and kind of help with that situation. Is it important to say that it's nothing to worry about? No, it's absolutely nothing to worry about. Because that it, it is... could because actually you can think to yourself, oh my goodness, this mm-hmm. is like a child that doesn't like me now. What am I gonna mm-hmm. do? This is my child. Yeah. Like you and is it gonna last forever? Absolutely no. not. No. No. And the, and like you say, there are things that you can do to kind of help. And it and it may flip, it may be you know, it is also sometimes at different stages your child is gonna have different preferences. If they're going through a tough time or they're experiencing something, they may always go to the one parent who's all, you know, that person they go to in time of being upset. And you do have that. You do. That is the case, definitely. You've got, like, it was funny, um, we went somewhere yesterday and we had to wait for somebody to turn up, which is something a real bugbear of riches. And um, Ben said to me, oh, thank goodness it's you that's taking me today because he would have been... Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, isn't it? Whereas there's other things that he potentially is different about. So you do, you you pick that person sometimes for the circumstance, don't you? You I always remember thinking thinking to myself if I wanted like an extra fiver for something I'd go to my dad but if with my mum you know there was if I wanted a cuddle because I had a headache or whatever you know whichever yeah. way around it is that's where you'd go you know mm-hmm. yeah, my, I, I feel it's... bad now because my dad was always very good at headaches so that's not what I meant <laughs> <laughs> but weirdly if you think about it you're going oh no that would hurt his feelings and yeah <laughs> those sorts of things as a child, until they get older, that that just isn't there. They're not seeing this big emotional kind of bubble that goes around. The, no. oh my goodness, you just don't want to play with me. You know, and you're there. And I have watched those kind of rejected parents try everything in pure desperation for their child. Almost to too much. It is. And I think be a little bit careful on that because... You don't want that relationship to be based around kind of, I get this for doing this. Um, So it's like, oh, you know, if you come with me, you can choose some chocolate. You you don't, that's not where you want to go down the route of. You don't want it to be a reward led relationship, do you? It needs to be a natural relationship that will come with time. Mm. I think it's, I would also, you know, The other thing is, if you are the preferred parent at the time, what can happen is you can step in quite quickly because you don't want it to escalate or you don't Mm -hmm. want anyone to be upset. And so, but sometimes I think that again is an interesting message to our children. If if they're having kind of a, a dialogue with that other, you know, with the 
rejected parent Mm -hmm. and suddenly you step in as the preferred parent at the time that message is okay well that preferred parent always comes in at this point and actually what what is that dynamic and so then they start to try and work out why that happens and Mm -hmm. so sometimes it's just sitting back and being you know and ask your partner do you want me to say anything do you want me to do anything are you okay um rather than necessarily straight stepping in let them see if you know it can be worked out between them first so if you can ride this out Mm-hmm. And not necessarily kind of do this whole gradual exposure and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Or do you need to intervene? Or can you just go, like, let's just see, you know, obviously not, I don't mean not trying at all, but not like making a conscious effort to do anything. Just go, okay, mummy's coming to do, or is that, and it could that turn into a bit of an issue if all the time the child gets what they ask for? I think we have to be... We have to be aware that is it where your child is looking for an element of control? Mm. And this can sometimes come when there might be change going on or they're not sure what's happening around them. So they look for control. And we all do it when we're in times of change. We all look for that element of control. And so I think dependent on your circumstances, I think you have to think, is this because they're feeling a little bit not very secure or not feeling quite sure what's happening around them and so they're trying to pull control from where they can and this is a really easy way of doing it and I think if that's what you think is happening then it's looking at where can you give control and choice in other places so that can come from you know making choices over what they're wearing and we always say maximum of two choices um it might be and don't overwhelm them with lots of choice all day because you want to try and rectify this situation it's gen you know too much choice is going to be overwhelming but at different points of the day you know would you prefer to take your bike or your scooter today or um shall we wear these shoes or these shoes um and if they feel like they've got an element of control over their day somewhere and i think again putting things in we talk about this you know lots in all of our kind of blogs and things but things like visual timetables so they know what the day is going to bring always talking about now and next so now we're going to do this next we're going to do that all those strategies will help to ultimately ensure your child is feeling kind of safe and secure if they feel safe and secure then that kind of element of control over everything else starts to dip and that's when you normally find it can kind of plateau back out and it doesn't Mm. become an issue again um and where you can putting in one-to-one time with that parent who at the moment isn't the preferred parent um and whether and again it's not forcing it it's just going you might just sit on the carpet with them be there and they might not want you to join in at this point but uh, you know if you do it regularly then they will start to engage it the kind of thing is to be natural about it isn't it um if and and if it's not being a huge issue then just being natural and like you say being there Mm -hmm. and eventually that stage will pass because they'll see that you're there and they'll feel confident Mm -hmm. in your presence and start to yeah and i think it's also saying 
I have heard things like I don't I I don't love you as much as I love you know and actually that's again just a child working out their world and I think it's turning around and going oh okay well I really love you I always love you um and then kind of let rather than going but I love you why don't you love me you know and I I get it. Like you really, I do. It, it hurts. It it's really the heartbreaking, hurts. isn't it? Heartbreaking. It is. And it gets you. And I, I don't know anyone that it doesn't. Whereas you know, it's kind of like, oh, okay, that's fine. But I, they're not saying it in a way to really cause hurt. No. In, they are just saying it because probably also practicing you know what they're hearing at nursery or at school um they don't yet understand what the word love means do they they no, really the don't impact That's the whole thing that that word has yeah you know mm. telling someone you love them is huge and so mm. when you tell someone you don't love them that's equally mm. huge and it might just be that one of the parents is there to do more things with them and so therefore mm-hmm. that is equals to them that the love is stronger but actually that yeah it's true it's not the case at all no yeah and they are just working out their relationships and how relationships work so but it's a tough one that one yeah it really is a hard one but I think you know all the things that you've said Mm-hmm. I think if you were a parent listening, you'd be like, actually, that makes complete sense. And also is a reassurance that it's not that there is more love on one side or the other or more like no. even on one side to the other. It's just about working yeah. out where they are, where they stand in the family and what their emotions are around it, isn't it? Yeah. And I think also for some people just thinking they're probably they're going, but sometimes I have to go to work and the mm. other parent has to do it. And there are tears and there are, you know, that's your circumstance. And actually, mm-hmm. you know, that parent is there giving that reassurance. You know, being at that point, you, you can't necessarily change these things and these circumstances because you have to live your life and we have to go to work yeah. and do those things. And so there are times where it is a case of saying, I'm, you know, I'm really sorry, but I've got to go to work and so daddy will be doing or or it could be the case that you have to drop your child at a nursery or a childminder and yeah. then there's that those tears and don't yeah. leave me kind of thing but like you say there is no choice and actually yeah. they will see you at the end of the day and mm-hmm. it's that kind of is as well a bit of that's another life lesson isn't it that you it can't is. always it's a tough one it's and sad. it's an emotional it's one it's really hard but yeah. actually you know there are times where as much as you'd love to do this whole gradual thing and do it together and everything else, I also am very aware that that doesn't work for everybody. Not always. Um, And I think the other thing just to put out there is, dependent on the age of a child, it does depend on if they're going through separation anxiety. Because that can impact on this as well. Because, and Mm -hmm. separation anxiety is a whole other thing, um, but can very closely link to this. And so Mm -hmm. if you think your child might be going through separation anxiety, then we also have lots of blogs and we also have a podcast episode Mm -hmm. on separation Separation. anxiety. So, And we've got a blog on this topic as well. So we do. Yeah. And we've, there's, there's a few books and things that we can link 
um, mm-hmm. in the show notes that are, can be quite useful to share with your little one. Um, but we really hope that that's helped. And it is a phase and a stage and just, you know, it will get better. Um, it will change. It will evolve. There will be moments where you are the preferred parent and there will be per- times when you're not. <laughs> yeah. It's, that's Embrace it. it. Absolutely. (laughs) Thanks for listening. That's everything for today. Thanks for listening. If there's something you'd like us to talk about, we'd love you to get in touch and let us know. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at Bespoke Family or head to our website. The links are in our show notes. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss the next episode. And please give us a rating or review if you like what you hear. We're Bex and Claire, and we'll be back soon with another episode of Newborn to Teen and everything in between. See you then.